Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hey, welcome to episode number 40. I cannot believe we are at episode number 40 already. I guess you just get started and we just keep going along and 40 weeks in already. It's crazy, but I love it and I love doing it. And so thank you so much for being here. If you can see, I have changed the name. I am now Grieving Moms Podcast instead of the Cultivated Family Podcast. Grieving Moms Podcast is just more aligned with what I want this podcast to be, um, where I'm going in the future. I'm focusing more on grieving mothers than ever. And so I want the name to reflect that. And my podcast is going to reflect that in a deeper way as well. So I'm really excited for the future and what is going to come from this. So, and how I can help and serve grieving moms in such a deeper way. So today I am talking about choosing joy in grief. It's a very difficult thing, I know, but I want to talk about my own experience in choosing joy and grief. So nobody can come up to you and tell you that, oh, you really need to look for the silver lining. Like, look at all these good things that happened, you know, because your child died. To have someone else come up to you and tell you that it's time for you to get over it and move on already is really invalidating to your pain. So what I'm talking about today is a personal choice, a personal choice that each of us will have to make in our own grief journey. And this is where we each have to decide how we are going to live in our grief and what choices we are going to make. So nobody can make you find the blessings that have come from your grief. Nobody else can come up to you and tell you to look for them. But if you want to choose something, if you want to look for something, there are blessings. Maybe you can't see them yet. Maybe you don't see them right now, but there are. So I remember not long after Aria died, I was sitting with another grieving mother and we were discussing, you know, our loss of our children and wondering like, what good could come out of this? Like, this is so awful. Like, I don't know if there's anything possible to be good out of this. But the one thing we both agreed on was that if anything good comes out of this, we hope we can be more compassionate people, that we would have more love for others, and that we would become better humans, better mothers through this experience. And we both agreed that it was a horrible experience, but hopefully there was something that could come out of it. So if you think of um, other things in life, like there is such polarity in everything. So there isn't light without darkness. There's no hot without cold. There's no large or big without small. And when we think of pain, pain is relative and it's relative to each one of us. Each one of us has our own experience with pain and with grief. 
And so with pain and grief, if we allow it to be and there the other end also comes peace and joy. So if you want to look for it and you choose to look for it. So it really has to come from you. And um it has to be something that you want to do. So that's that's kind of the place that I'm coming from here as I want you to everything I talk about and share is my experience and my thoughts on grief, but everything is like everything in life has to come from you and you have to decide what do you want? What do I want in my life? What do I want to do? What do I want to do with my grief and where do I want to go? So I want to throw out a caveat that I am never, ever minimizing the pain and the depth and the duration of loss. I know that this is incredibly painful. I know that it is so, so intense and foreign and a roller coaster. But I just know that there's possibility for you in your life because I've found it in mine. So without further ado, I want to share a few things that have been blessings for me because I know the experience and pain of child loss. So I have learned to feel and process my emotions. I am now so in tune with my emotions and my body. Um, Before Aria died, I would say that I felt very um, emotionally broken. There was a few things that happened when I was younger that I always told Justin that I like snapped, that something emotionally snapped in me and um, I wasn't able to handle things um, very well emotionally. I felt very fragile, like that if anything were to happen to me, I wouldn't be able to handle it. And now when I have experienced um, child loss, it forced me to deal with that because my pattern was to ignore it, to run away from it and to to sit in a like a feel sorry for myself kind of habit loop. That was like my thought loop, habit loop. And um, when Aria died, it kind of forced me to learn how to take care of myself. It forced me to um, look at what do I need and and what do what does my grief need and how how can I take care of it? And so, yeah, I just feel like getting in tune with my emotions has been a huge blessing for me. When I feel something in my body, I'm pretty aware of it quite like quite quickly rather than like um just you know, like I, I had shared a couple of weeks ago that I had had um almost a panic attack. But if I didn't, if I wasn't aware of things as much as I was, I wouldn't even have known that that was coming. But I am so aware of, you know, what's going on in my body and how to, and now even more, like how to work with it, how to sit with it, how, when do I want to change it? When do I want to work with it? It's just been a really, I, I can only see blessings from that. So I have learned how to have hard conversations and I've gotten better at them. So I'm far from perfect at this. I still am a human and I still mess up a lot, but especially with Justin, but with others, with my friends and other people, um, I have been able to have very difficult um, discussions that I think are really necessary and important to have deeper relationships. So they're not fun, but they're so important 
and they're part of being a human and getting more deeper connection with others. Um, but it also requires being vulnerable, being, you know, not reactive. Like I tend, have tended to react to everything. Like, you know, if me and Justin were having a conversation, he says something and I immediately make it all about me and all about, you know, what he said without being able to like separate what he's saying and from what I'm hearing and like separating it from me instead of taking it all and like all of a sudden I'm, you know, a bawling wreck because he said this one thing. No, we can have a really painful, difficult discussion without starting to tell each other you're so dumb or you're um, not listening to me or you're so frustrating, but we're really listening to each other. And so I think grief is such a a deep experience that if you want to learn how to communicate, it is one of the, like, if you want to learn how to work through it with others, you have to learn how to communicate because it is such a personal experience to each person and it brings up so, so much. So that has been something that I have been really grateful for because it's not only benefited my marriage, but it's benefited my friendships and other relationships. I definitely have learned more compassion for others. I feel like I think I just I was just listening to Brene Brown, one of her books, and she was talking about compassion, that compassion isn't that you have experienced the same exact thing. So a lot of people will say that you didn't experience this, so you don't understand. And yeah, so like if I'm going to say like um, divorce or parents divorcing or um, like losing my husband or any other type of horrible thing that happens in your life, I have not experienced that. And so I don't understand the exact everything in that situation. But I understand with compassion the feelings, the the feelings that come up. And that's what Brene t- talks about is that compassion allows you to connect on an emotional level that you know those emotions, that you know those feelings and not necessarily that you went through the same exact thing, but you're connected through the emotions and the human experience of feeling those emotions. So I definitely feel like I have more compassion for others and that I believe that helps me have more compassion for myself and compassion for just everyone in their life. We all have our own different things. And this kind of leads me into my next one is that I've learned deeply that we cannot judge others by the small thing that we see on the outside. I've learned, you know, in my own situation that on the outside, I look, you know, whatever, I don't know how I look to other people for sure, but you can't see my grief. And when my trauma was really, really present. You couldn't necessarily see the trauma on the outside. When I was walking out and about, you didn't know that I was, you know, my insides were just stressed and tight and tense. And I was like on the verge of a mental breakdown every other second. Like nobody can see that. And then even just the more I've learned, I'm like every single person has a story in their life and grief and trauma are just they're huge ones, but underneath that, we all have our own stories of, you know, the way our lives have gone. And we can't judge other people from the few things that we see on the outside. And I just, 
think that the more that we learn about each other, the more we know about each other's experiences, the more we can't help but love each other. So that is just something that has stuck with me really deeply is that, you know, if I ever start to feel like I get in a judgmental mode, like this person did this thing, and then I'm like, okay, wait, I don't know their story. I don't know. There's a reason why they're doing it that way. There's a reason for them to be that way. And I don't, I don't need to judge them. Not only does it feel better for me, like it's nicer for them, but like I feel better because when I'm judging other people, I'm also judging myself. So yeah, I just, I, I really appreciate that lesson. And a big one for me is that loss and losing Aria has taught me that every day might be my last day. And not in a fearful way. I'm not like, really waiting. I'm I'm not in the way anymore. Um, I would say before I have been on like pins and needles, like waiting for Justin to get in an accident or something else happening to my other kids. Um, but I am like, you know what? We do not know how much time we have on this earth. We do not know when our last day is. And I've always known that. I've always thought that. I've always, you know, oh yeah, we don't know when our last day is, but now it's real to me. Now it's like, a, it's so real that I'm like, I want to be reminded again and again of what's important to me, what matters to me, what is a priority for me in my life. So I really believe this is like living fully and loving fully. And for me, this includes taking care of my mental health, taking care of my faith and being around people that support me in my life. And then just being present and there for my children and making my family a priority and making family time a priority rather than just saying it is a priority. Like actually living the way I want to doesn't mean I'm like perfect. It doesn't mean that I don't uh, like I'm, I'm not trying to say I do everything perfect or exactly how I want to, but I strive for that even more because I don't know when my last day is going to be. And I don't know when my children's last day are going to be or my husband's or any of my friends or family. And so just being able to, you know, forgive faster, say sorry faster to spend more time together, to put down my phone more and to really make a priority and and stick with it what is important with for me in my in my life and so the other thing is i have been able to make space for contentment and joy in the little moments with my children so when aria died i lo- i realized that it was the little moments like yeah there's those big moments that matter they they can come up especially now like you know Last fall, she would have been in preschool, all these kind of little or big moments that that aren't there. But it's those little moments every single day that I miss the most. And so now I feel like I soak in those moments with my kids. I notice their smiles and I like allow their smiles to just fill me up and the silly things they do. I allow myself to feel the joy and the 
laughter in what they do. I love to sit with them and laugh about nothing. And when I'm letting myself be silly with them and have fun with them, it's just, it feels so good. And it's just what I have really, really reached for just because I know that it's those small everyday things that really, really count. So now I have an anchor in heaven. Someone told me this not long after Arya died, and I didn't quite fully understand it. I was like, yeah, I have an anchor in heaven. But now I get it as time has gone on and like when your faith is tested and tried, I really do have an anchor in heaven that I have a reason to keep my faith and keep my eyes fixed on heaven because I have an anchor there. My little girl that I want to see again someday is there and I just really want to get there. It just it just feels like another deeper reason. And the last one that I want to talk about is my relationship with my husband, Justin. It feels like so many things can um, tear you apart in a relationship, in your marriage, or they can bring you together. And it just it just feels like our marriage has just been deepened in so many ways um, just because losing Aria has forced us to communicate on such a deeper level and because we know we've experienced such a painful thing together. And it just, I mean, there's never... There's never a moment where we can just be like, oh, we're good. We don't need to take care of things. I think we've learned more like deeply that we need to communicate. We need to take care of things all the time. We need to, you know, apologize and forgive each other and really like staying connected and and communicating constantly is such a huge thing in our marriage. And we were just writing in our journals. We have a journal that we write in together And one of the questions was, what is a time that you would like to go back in your marriage? And we don't look at them, but we both wrote that we really wouldn't want to go back to any time. You know, I thought maybe it would be kind of like interesting to like to have Aria again and go back to that time in our marriage. But honestly, like when I think of our marriage at that point, our marriage wasn't as deep as it is now. So I'm really grateful for the marriage that we have today. Right now is the best. Obviously, there's ups and downs always, but like we have the deepest relationship we've ever had in it. And I would say that is such a great blessing for us. So I have found so many blessings after child loss, and it definitely can take some effort to look for joy and to look for those blessings and and maybe it takes some time and some effort and and really being able to work through things but i think adversity teaches us to be thankful for the things that we do have and it only if we choose to look for them but this doesn't mean that i don't grieve still that this doesn't mean that when grief comes and goes in my life that it isn't still horrific and awful I think we are meant to have pain and sorrow in this life, that if we didn't have pain and sorrow, we wouldn't need heaven. If we didn't have strife and things that have, like that we don't want here, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't have a need for heaven. But I believe that your capacity for light in life, even with grief and sorrow, is so much deeper than maybe you, you um, believe. And I don't think it's either or. I don't think we have grief and sorrow or light in life. 
I think it can be both. I think we can have grief and we can have joy and we can have light and we can have heaviness and darkness. Like it's not either or, it's both. We don't have to have one or the other. It really is a way of melding both into your life. So if you're having a hard time even feeling any ounce of gratefulness um, in your life to where your life is, that's okay. Like you don't have to be grateful or you don't have to. I'm not telling you that you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Reaching for gratitude and finding the beauty is work and it can take time and it can take effort, but it's certainly possible. And, and I believe it's worth it if you want to try. And I think it can become a habit either way. It can become a habit of looking for the bad, or you can have a habit of reaching for the good. And I just wanted to offer a little exercise for you that you could write down three things every day that you are grateful for. And this doesn't mean that you are trying to get rid of grief or that you're not grieving. It doesn't even have to be anything with grief. This is just being able to reach for gratitude even in the small things. It can be totally small things like grateful for a cup of coffee, grateful for sunshine, grateful for the ability to take a shower, whatever that is for you. Like you just don't need to... um, Yeah, like it doesn't have to be anything big. So I just want you to take a deep breath, allow yourself to be where you are without judgment, allow yourself to be you. And if you want to take steps to reach for joy and to look for gratitude and and look for things to be grateful for, that's a choice that you can make. And I would love to offer that to you. So I just want to send you love today and always. I'm always thinking of you. I really appreciate you being here. Take care. I'll see you next week. I also just wanted to invite you to a workshop that I am hosting on Thursday, April 16th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. In this workshop, I am going to be walking you through how to begin releasing guilt um, from grief. I think so many of us are carrying guilt related to our child's death. For me, I felt like I failed my daughter as her mother, and I didn't know how to move on from not feeling guilt. I felt like I just kept going over and over again and trying to figure out where I could have done things differently, what should have I done differently. And I have found that for me, it didn't help for other people to tell me to just not feel guilty. And I don't think that's helpful for you, for other people to just say, well, hey, you're not like, you were not fault. Don't feel guilt. Like let go of that already. But I know I needed to process and work through it. And I want to help you take a small step towards releasing the guilt you are carrying as well. So you can go to www.meganhillica.com slash workshop, and you can find all the details there. Again, that's www.meganhillica.com slash workshop. I can't wait to see you there. Well, this episode of Grieving Moms podcast is over. You can join me and other grieving mothers in my free Facebook group to continue conversations of all things life after child loss. Go to www.meganhillica.com slash community to join us there. If you like this podcast, could you please share it with other grieving mothers so that they can also find hope in life after loss and to know that they are never alone.